Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're examining an infamous story from the early days of colonial rule in India, the time when an overcrowded jail cell became a tomb for British prisoners. The day was June 20th, 1756. Dozens of British prisoners were forced to spend the night in an airless cell known colloquially as the Black Hole of Calcutta. The tiny chamber was housed at Fort William, an outpost built by the British to guard their trade post in Calcutta, or Kolkata as it's known today. The fort had been captured that afternoon by the forces of Siraj Adola, the newly appointed Nawab, or provincial governor, of nearby Bengal. The fort's cell had been designed to hold just six people, but according to one of the survivors, as many as 146 prisoners were crammed into it that night, and by the time the chamber was open the next morning, only 23 people came out alive. The reports of this barbaric treatment were later used to bolster support for the British conquest of the Indian subcontinent. Although an isolated incident, the story helped establish the narrative that all Indians were cruel savages, and therefore fair game to conquer. However, 200 years later, new evidence began to cast serious doubts on those charges of Indian brutality. By the turn of the 18th century, 
the British East India Company had established a lucrative port and trading base at the Indian city of Calcutta. Although it was technically a commercial enterprise, the East India Company came to act as a kind of proxy for the British government in India. The organization established diplomatic relationships with local rulers, minted money, and even maintained its own private army. The forts and the soldiers were meant to protect the company's factories and trading posts, not so much from the locals, but from the French, who were also building a commercial empire in India at the time. Fort William was constructed for this very reason, and years later its defenses were further strengthened to better guard against French competitors. Reports of these new fortifications didn't sit well with Siraj Adola. He had recently succeeded his grandfather as the Nawab of Bengal, and he came to resent the growing foreign influence in the region. In early June, he sent a message to the British governor of Calcutta, demanding that they stop working on the fort. When these orders went ignored, the Nawab responded by sending 50,000 troops and 500 elephants marching straight toward the city. The army arrived on June 16th and began slowly working its way to the gates of Fort William. British soldiers tried to stop the advance but were overwhelmed at every turn. By June 19th, most of the local residents and staff had fled to the company's ships docked in the harbor. There were only a hundred or so English soldiers left to defend the fort and the women and children housed inside it. The garrison was under the command of John Zephaniah Hallwell. He served as something of a sheriff for the East India Company, collecting taxes and helping to keep the peace. He was not a soldier though, and he didn't have any military experience. The Bengal army made their big push on the morning of June 20th, and while Hallwell managed to hold the fort for a time, by the afternoon he knew it was a lost cause. Following his surrender, Hallwell and the other British prisoners were held overnight at Fort William. According to Hallwell, soldiers with bayonets forced them into a small lockup cell that had been built and used for the punishment of minor offenses. The room, which had been nicknamed the Black Hole, was said to be 18 feet long and 14 feet wide, with just one or two small windows to provide ventilation. Hallwell claimed that 146 people were stuffed inside the tiny cell, including two women and several wounded soldiers. It was a sweltering summer night in Calcutta, and the captives reportedly climbed over one another to steal a breath of fresh air from the window. Those too weak to fight were trampled or left to beg for mercy from the guards, who supposedly laughed and mocked them in response. In the end, Hallwell claimed that 123 people suffocated overnight, and that when the door was finally opened the following morning, many of the corpses were still standing upright because they had no room to fall. Hallwell and the other survivors continued to be held at Fort William, in much better conditions, until January of the following year, when British forces recaptured the fort and secured their release. Hallwell returned to England as something of a celebrity, and his star only rose after he published an account of his ordeal. It was titled, A Genuine Narrative of the Deplorable Deaths of the English Gentlemen and Others Who Were Suffocated in the Black Hole. Hallwell's claims were taken as gospel at the time, but later studies suggest he exaggerated his figures. For example, 
Only 43 soldiers stationed at Fort Williams were unaccounted for after the events of June 20th. There should have been many more based on the death toll reported by Hallwell. In 1959, after conducting extensive research, Professor Brigen Gupta concluded that a total of 64 soldiers and civilians had been captured by the Bengal attackers, and that the true number of survivors was 21, not 23. Gupta also found evidence that although Siraj Adola had ordered the attack on Fort William, he knew nothing about the black hole or the prisoners held there until significantly later. It's also been suggested that the cruelty inflicted on the British prisoners that night, though egregious, may have been unintentional. It's possible they were meant to be confined only briefly, but wound up being held much longer due to poor communication and general disorganization among the Bengal forces. None of that would change the injustice of what happened. Dozens of people suffered and died in that cell. But it's still worth keeping these considerations in mind, especially since some historians view the incident as a catalyst for the eventual large-scale conquest of India. Some British officials used the event, and the sole first-hand witness account of it, as propaganda to promote imperial control. To get the public on board with what would prove to be a long, bloody conquest, the government needed to dehumanize the people they would be conquering, to make them out to be monsters. That need should make us wary of accepting the story at face value, because the purpose of propaganda isn't to tell the truth, it's to spread a point of view. That makes it an effective tool for public messaging, but whether you should trust the message depends a lot on who's wielding the tool, and on what they stand to gain from it. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can reach out to me directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.